0: Good oral health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more. And we're not listening to it. Come along with me on this journey and I'll give you a whole new perspective of the importance of taking care of your mouth and the long-term effects it has not only on your oral health, but also your overall systemic health. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you having the same struggles that you are because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. And it all starts with you. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the five cycles of sleep. Do you have a hard time sleeping, falling asleep, or lie awake at night worrying about getting enough sleep? You're not alone. We're in the middle of a sleepless epidemic, which has potential to damage people's health, productivity, and happiness. If everyone in the U.S. who sleeps fewer than six hours a night got six to seven hours, there would be a $226 billion boost in the economy just from getting an extra hour or two of good sleep. Think about that. That's crazy that if we slept longer, we'd be more productive. Sleep is a vital basic need during which important processes in the body are completed. While we're sleeping, our body repairs and regenerates. It also stabilizes our immune system Repairs cells and processes the day's information, setting it into long-term memories while we're sleeping. Development and function happen during sleep. Sufficient and healthy sleep is essential to our well-being, important for our recovery and performance. Sadly, restful sleep does not occur naturally. Many people around the world suffer from sleep disorders that not only massively inhibit our quality of life, it can also lead to health problems. For kids, it can lead to ADHD and bedwetting. Science has long recognized that melatonin is a natural hormone, which disrupted at night plays a significant role in the regulation of our circadian rhythm. It's necessary in order to find good, healthy sleep. Melatonin is produced in the pineal gland of the brain, and it controls our inner clock and it stimulates the activity of numerous cell groups and regulates our sleep. Additionally, this hormone possesses an antioxidant effect. If melatonin production is disturbed or it's not enough, the hormone being released or disturbed in the correct time, then our sleep is impaired, which can lead to weight gain and a number of different illnesses. Sleep phases are what our body goes through at night and there are a number of them. The sleep phases are passed through multiple times in one night. After REM sleep, the body falls back into light sleep, and then the stages begin again. Each cycle lasts approximately 90 minutes, or it should. Five stages of sleep. During sleep, we usually pass through these five stages. One, two, three, four, and REM. REM is rapid eye movement, and that's what a lot of people know. These stages progress from one to REM, And they start over again. We spend almost 50% of our total sleep in stage two, about 20% in REM sleep, and the remaining 30% in the other stages. Infants, by contrast, spend half of their sleep time in REM. That's when they're actually processing the memories. And that's why we learn a lot more when we're younger. So stage one is light sleep. This is when we fall asleep. And we have a transition period of being awake to sleep. The body starts to rest. Blood pressure starts to reduce. Our pulse and breathing become slower. We drift in and out of sleep, but we can't be awakened easily. Our eyes move very slowly and muscle activity is slow. People awaken from stage one often remember fragmented visual images. And it also experience sudden muscle contractions and that sensation of falling. These sudden movements are similar to a jump when you wake up and you're startled. Stage two is when we create relaxation of the muscles. Our eye movements stop, our brain waves become slower, and we have occasional burst of rapid waves. Stage three, our brain slows down, which is called delta waves, and we begin to have smaller, faster waves. And stage four is actually where the regeneration takes place. Our brain produces delta waves almost exclusively, and it's very difficult to wake someone up during stage three and four, which together are called deep sleep. There's no eye movement or muscle activity during this stage, and people awaken during this deep sleep, don't adjust immediately, often feel groggy, disoriented, and it takes several minutes to wake up. Some children experience bedwetting, night terrors, and sleepwalking during this part of the sleep. Some adults will experience night sweats. REM is when we switch into rapid eye movement and the brain is actually active in the dream phase. And this is where we process our memories of the day. Our breathing becomes more rapid, irregular, slow. Our eyes move in various directions. Our limbs and muscles might be temporarily paralyzed. Our heart rate increases. Our blood pressure might raise. Um, And men might actually develop erections during this stage. So while people are awakened in REM sleep, they often describe bizarre or illogical dreams. The first REM sleep period occurs 70 to 90 minutes after we fall asleep. A complete cycle takes 90 to 110 minutes on average. And the first sleep cycle at night contains a relatively short REM periods um, with long periods of deep sleep. As the night progresses, REM periods increase in length while deep sleep decreases. By morning, people spend nearly all of their sleep time in one, two, and REM. People awakened after sleeping more than a few minutes are usually unable to recall the last few moments before they fell asleep. This sleep is related to amnesia. If someone forgets telephone call conversations they had in the middle of the night, it also explains why they might don't remember their alarm going off in the morning and they go back to sleep and turn the alarm off. Dreaming and REM sleep. Typically, more than two hours each night is spent dreaming. Scientists don't know much about why we dream. Sigmund Freud, who created um, and influenced the field of psychology, believed that dreaming was the safety value for the unconscious desires. The strange experiences we call dreams occurred mostly during REM sleep. REM sleep begins with signals from the area of the base of the brain called the pons. The signal travels to the thalamus and then goes to the cerebral cortex. The outer layer of the brain is responsible for learning, thinking, and organizing information. The PONS also sends the shut off to the neurons and spinal cord, causing temporary paralysis and the limbs. Sometimes interferences with this, um, people actually begin to act out their dreams. Although it's rare during REM sleep, um, people might have sleep behavior disorder and people can dream about um, things and they can actually feel like it was actually happening in their dream. REM sleep stimulates the brain regions for learning. Like deep sleep, REM sleep is associated with increased production of proteins. One study found that REM sleep learning, you could actually retain certain skills. People who were taught a skill and then deprived of sleep could not recall what they learned um, coming out of the sleep. So sleep and memories are very much interconnected. Sleep is also influenced by food, medications, chemicals, and temperatures. The lower the temperature in the room, the colder it is, the better you're going to sleep. The warmer it is, it's going to actually disrupt your sleep. Since sleep and wakefulness are influenced by different neurotransmitters and signals in the brain, foods and medications can change the balance and whether we feel alert or drowsy and how we fall asleep. So caffeinated drinks, alcohol, diet pills, decongestants, they can also cause insomnia and inability to sleep. And many antidepressants suppress REM sleep. Heavy smokers often sleep very lightly and have reduced amounts of REM. They also tend to wake up three to four hours um, because they're actually having nicotine withdrawal. So many people who suffer from insomnia Um, try to solve problems with alcohol to help them sleep better. While alcohol does help you fall asleep, it keeps you in a light sleep, and you are robbed of that REM sleep when you've been drinking. Um, And I know that even though I go to sleep better when I drink, a few hours in, I wake up and I don't sleep as well. So I definitely feel this when I've been drinking. And um, I wake up Feeling very tired and achy if I've had something alcoholic or caffeinated. So I try to stay away from that Um, because you definitely can be awakened easily during those lighter stages. People lose some ability to regulate body temperature during REM sleep too. So you can be abnormally hot or cold in the environment, and that can also disrupt your sleep. I know that if I'm cold, I have a hard time falling asleep. And if I'm really hot, I tend to wake up. So sometimes getting the temperature just right is important, but I still don't know what that temperature is for me. If our REM sleep is disrupted during the night, our bodies don't follow the normal sleep cycle and we might tend to doze off during the day. Um, So these REM is really important until we catch up on the REM sleep. Sometimes we're just exhausted during the day. So people who are under anesthesia or in a coma are often said to be asleep. However, people in these conditions cannot be awakened. And so their brain activity patterns are going to be different than normal sleep. Instead of the brain waves being very slow and weak, sometimes they're undetectable. So sleep disorders um, can happen because of all this too. So while children and babies require a large amount of sleep, infants require 16 or more hours. The average length of sleep for an adult is between six and eight hours a night. Sleep behavior varies from person to person and is dependent on craniotype. So you've heard of night owls or morning people. Um, sleep disorder is present in people when they receive less than six hours of sleep. So if they've had less than six hours of sleep every night for six months, that is going to affect them. 20 to 30% of humans suffer from sleep disturbances, with men suffering equally as women. Those over the age of 65, the number grows to 70 to 80%. Only one third of these 30 to 35% visit a doctor for these sleep disturbances. And around 70% of people who are suffering from sleep problems have been prescribed sleep aids. And 30% of them actually self-medicate with antihistamines, Benadryl, and things like that to help them sleep or alcohol. Too little sleep can make someone seem dumb, fat, or sick. And I know that this is a really bold statement, but it is the truth because insufficient sleep causes a number of mental and physical illnesses. So when you don't sleep or when you mouth breathe and you tend to have your mouth open, Um, people associate that look with being dumb. And um, it's just a fact that if someone looks at someone with that open mouth posture, they don't seem to be as intelligent. And people tend to be more overweight because when you're not sleeping and you're getting kicked out of that cycle, it increases your cortisol, which, which makes it difficult for you to lose weight. And if you're not getting enough sleep, it can actually bring cancer on because your cells are mutating and changing differently. So it can make you sick and it can increase diabetes. So sleep is really, really important. It can also affect your memory. What we learn during the day is solidified when we sleep. And that's when we have memory consolidation. So people who suffer from lack of sleep will have decreased memory capability. And it actually increases Alzheimer's. Numerous studies have found this to be true. Sleep disorders contribute to limited memory, leading to forgetfulness, difficulty concentrating, and overall reduction in performance. Like I mentioned also, it has an effect on weight. People who don't sleep enough are increased risk for obesity. Lack of sleep means we're awake longer. It leads to poor habits, watching TV, playing on the computer, moving around a lot less, um, craving sugar, going to the refrigerator for a late night snack, usually an unhealthy snack. And um, a lot of times it's foods that are high in calories. So then people will sleep less because now your stomach is digesting instead of sleeping. So a lack of sleep can lead to increased appetite, which leads to increased weight gain. Hormone changes are triggered and people missing sleep are affected by this. So even if we don't eat too much, um, but we eat more at night, and those calories ingested are less likely to have be saved as fat. So it has an effect not only on your weight, but it also then can affect your mental health because you're not getting enough sleep. You're not so serious with the expressions. You're tired. You're irritable. You have a lack of motivation, mood swings. And then it can cause hallucinations and depression because you're not functioning well when you're not getting enough sleep. So it actually makes the brain a little more unstable due to insufficient sleep. And then if you're predisposition for mental illness, that's going to be even more affected because now you can't focus and then you feel like you lack or you're not good enough because you can't keep up with things that are happening during the day. So then that affects your mental capacity, um, just creating this cycle. So it breaks out the sleep cycle, but it creates not a good cycle with everything else, which then affects your physical health. So too little sleep has negative consequences on our immune system because now we're not resting and repairing. It encourages the development of illness and it can take on forms like cold, flu, cancer, and things like this. Long-term disturbances in sleep definitely lead to serious health problems. Chronic sleep disturbances, meaning that you're getting less than six hours of sleep three nights a week, actually increase your chances of gastrointestinal problems, heart attack, stroke, diabetes, vascular disease, and cancer. So there was a study um, in the European um, Heart Journal that found heart disease increased by 48% if we got less than six hours of sleep, and sleep des- deprivation can lead to high blood pressure, clogged arteries, and heart failure. So there was also a study in Japan that showed the connection between sleep disorders and diabetes, and they determined that long-term blood sugar levels um, there was a correlation with sleeping of. Um, not sleeping through the night of waking up too early in the morning, and they suspected that poor sleep caused the release of stress hormone cortisol, which um, favored the development of diabetes. So last but not least, insufficient sleep can trigger cancer. People who um, have sleep disorders tend to shift work and they have a high risk. In 2007, the International Cancer Research Center um, and the World Health Organization classified nightly shift workers being more prone to um, cancer. So this heightened risk of cancer were found in hospital personnel, flight attendants, people who were permanently um, displaced and awake. Um, due to artificial light, because they were kicked out of the normal circadian rhythm, which was we go to sleep when the sun goes down, we wake up when the sleep comes up. So when you're opposite, it affects that circadian rhythm, which is not natural to how our body was meant to sleep. So health supporting quality sleep involves the five cycles of sleep that repeat throughout the night. So in today's fast-paced, always-connected world, it becomes harder to get that good night's sleep and for our body to rest and restore. Insufficient sleep cycles hold serious consequences to productivity, cognitive function, and overall health. So these stages are going to be really, really important to having sufficient sleep. Um, And during this period of slower function we are not getting that full cycle. um, And then we're not getting the full wakefulness because we haven't had good sleep. So deep sleep is going to be really important. REM sleep is going to be really important for our memories and emotions. And making 23% of a full night's sleep, deep sleep critical to our overall health and well-being. Newborns do not develop a circadian rhythm until they're a few months old. This can cause their sleeping patterns to be erratic for the first few days or first few months. Babies begin to release melatonin when they're about three months old, and cortisol develops between two to nine months old. Toddlers and children have fairly regulated sleep schedules once their circadian rhythm and body functions mature. And children need about nine to 10 hours of sleep. Toddlers need about 14 hours of sleep, younger children about 13 hours of sleep. And then once you're 12 years of older, um, or in the teens, you need about 8 to 10 hours of sleep per night, and adults need seven to nine hours of sleep. So allowing sufficient sleep is going to be important to physical health, cognitive function, and mental health. Our circadian rhythm is our body's natural way of keeping the 24-hour body clock, helping our body operate um, both when we're asleep and we're awake. Living a healthy lifestyle that promotes proper rest will help your body maintain your memories and live a long, healthy life. And your mouth gives you warning signs when you're not sleeping. So dry mouth, waking up with dry mouth, getting up and going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, night sweats, night terrors, kids' bed wetting, dry lips, all of these things are going to be a sign that maybe you're not sleeping so well. And your tongue not being in the correct position, not being on your uh on your the roof of your mouth, being low is going to affect that too. When your tongue is back in your throat, it's going to create vibrations. When you have problem postures, you have that foreign and posture, it's going to make your tongue come back into your throat. So it's at all of this is connected, how you're sleeping, how you're breathing, what's happening in your mouth is going to affect your gut and your overall health. And your mouth is a warning sign. And that's why I started this healthy mouth podcast, because I was told my daughter would outgrow bedwetting. I had no idea as a dental hygienist, her dad was a dentist, that her tongue, her tongue position all had to do with what was happening with her sleep, her lack of focus, being told she was ADHD, the dark circles under her eyes, and bedwetting had to do with her tongue position. And she wore braces for 10 years and again, had no idea that her tongue was the issue. So we need to listen to our body. We need to figure out why these things are happening. She didn't outgrow bedwetting; she grew into different problems. So it's really important that we listen to what's happening with our body and we find people that can help us. So I'm here to help you if I can help you. Just go ahead and schedule a 10-minute call with me if you're having some of these things. But we really need to listen to our body. Sleep is really important. We only get one body. We are the owner. And it starts with oxygen, water, nutrition, getting enough sleep and respecting the one body that you get. Going back to the basics and looking at these things first. How do we breathe? How much water are we getting? What are we putting in our mouth and in our bodies? That's going to affect our sleep. And if we don't take care of our body, our body will let us know. And you don't want to wait till it gets to that point. Prevention is going to be key. And we can get to this stuff before we start to have signs and symptoms in our body. So again, hope this was helpful. If it was, please share. And I am here if I can help you in any way. And you guys know from my standpoint, a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a happy, healthy life. As always, thanks for listening. Till next time. Thank you for listening today. If something you heard made you smile, made you think, empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure you share this with a friend. Write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook page, Dental Hygiene 411, or hit the link in the show notes to join a conversation. Until next time, breathe through your nose and share a smile. After all, they're contagious.